Welcome to the Zico Health Show, the ultimate weight management podcast. I'm your host, fitness nutrition expert, Narado Zico Powell. Let's get started. Welcome to 2021. And for those I haven't talked to yet, Happy New Year. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And welcome to the Zico Health Show, the ultimate weight management podcast. Now, 2020 was a rough year for a lot of us in our fitness goals. I mean, some of us gained the quarantine 15 or the quarantine 20 or even the quarantine 30 or above. But this is a new year. We're putting 2020 behind us and we're going to accomplish our goals. And guess what? I'm here to guide you through your journey. This first episode is a three-part episode on how to best begin your weight loss journey to set yourself up for long-term success. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of information this episode. So when you're done, go to my blog, ZikaHealth.com, and go to the show notes section where you'll be able to access the, the summary of this show so you have it as a guide to use going forward. With that being said, let's get started. In this first part, let's talk about one of the most important factors when it comes to accomplishing our goals, but yet quite overlooked, which is our mental factors. Because yeah, it's great to say this is 2021. We're going to throw away our trash from 2020 and we're going to start over. But then, what, sometimes February rolls around, March rolls around, or if you're frisky, you might even make it to April. Then the doubts start to creep in. The excuses might start to creep in. You know, I'm tired. I don't have time to work out. My partner doesn't work out with me and I like to have somebody to work out with. Or you know what, I'm not seeing the results. I've, I thought I would have been slimmer already. Now, whatever excuse you want to use. And then guess what? It's January 2022. We're starting this process all over again. So let's stop and talk about why those, what would cause those doubts to start to creep in. First, you have to know your why. Your WHY. Because we often, yes... We may often begin and quit by March, April, or whenever. But knowing the reason that you actually began your journey gives you that bullseye to look towards. So you always have something in the back of your mind. And yes, it's great to say this is a new year and I have new goals or I want to fit in my bikini by summer or my bikini shorts or I want to have washboard abs. I mean, it's great to have those lofty goals, right? But that can't be your why. Your why has to be a good, solid reason that's going to keep you going even when you don't see the results you're looking for or the results you think you should see. Let me give you an example. I want to have more energy to play with my kids. That could be your why. I want to possibly increase my lifespan, live longer so I can see my kids have, you know, my grandkids and play with them. I want to feel stronger. I, um, 
I want to be able to accomplish, to have more energy to accomplish my goals. I mean, there's so many reasons out there that or things you can set as your why so you always have something pushing you forward in your journey. Because guess what? Weight loss is not always linear. Sometimes it goes up, it goes down. So that's where knowing your why plays an important factor. You've ever driven to the beach or to the country, and yes, you want to get to your destination. But as you're driving, you see the trees and it looks so nice, or you just you see the, the, the ocean and the lakes and it just looks so beautiful that you actually fall in love with the journey itself. And that's what knowing your purpose will do for you. But can you start to then appreciate having more energy, having a stronger core, feeling stronger, feeling amazing. Those things are what you're going to fall in love with instead of constantly thinking about getting to the end. Because like they always say, and I know it's overused, but it's definitely true. It is a marathon, not a sprint. The next thing I want to talk about, know your limiting factors. What's really holding you back? Why do you start in January and possibly stop whenever you do? Could it be negative surroundings? Is it that the, those who are around you are not supporting your goals? Because it's hard to, uh, to change your lifestyle when you don't have a strong foundation or those around you do not support you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying kick people out of your life. I'll never tell you that, right? But try to connect with others who are on your journey or even have done what you're trying to do. And if you don't have those around you that are pushing you toward, toward your goals, you can connect with people on Instagram, Twitter, you know, I mean, so many different ways, Facebook, wherever social media you're, you're comfortable with. But having those people in your life can push you when you don't feel like pushing yourself. Do you have any mental roadblocks? Could it be you've never lost weight before or the amount of weight you think you can lose or in your mind you just think it's so difficult and it's not possible? So think about, do you actually have those roadblocks? And if you do, it's important to identify them. See, my limiting factor was mental in nature. I never thought I could look like a bodybuilder or look like an athlete or it looked like those who are on Instagram, right? So I would, I guess I worked out, but I'd never really push myself the way I should. But when I started connecting with others who are on the same journey or who have done what I've done and who are positive, my mind completely changed. And that's when I really started to see my results. This takes me straight into my next point. How are you motivated? Is it intrinsically inner motivation where you can just set your goals, you work towards them, and one day you wake up, whoop, there it is. Sorry, that song's been stuck in my head. I think it's a Geico commercial, I believe. That <laughs> So anyway, I digress. I digress. Or are you extrinsically motivated? You need some type of external stimuli, something to work towards. And if that's the case, you can sign up for an event, you know, like, like a Spartan or Murph. You know, something to work toward. Or work out with a partner 
or you know what hire a coach hire a trainer and in today's environment we know with with covid there are a lot of online trainers so you can work with them on their platform and they can keep you motivated when you don't feel like motivating yourself and trust me do not underestimate having a good coach or trainer it can make a world of difference see me I kind of, I'm like a combination. I start off intrinsically, set my goals and I'm working towards them. But sometimes as I go along and I feel exhausted or I don't want to really get up and do what I need to, having the right people that are pushing me makes a big difference. Now, I don't work out with a partner necessarily, but where I, when I train, I often train around others who are on a similar path as I am. In this last part, let's talk about setting realistic expectations, because this is key. It is great to start your journey thinking about your goals, but, it, but your goals have to make sense. So let me give you a few tips on how to properly set your goals. One, you have to focus on one goal at a time. Yes, it's great to say, I want to have nice arms and a, and a nice butt, nice legs and you know, all this, it's, that's awesome, right? But then you, that's just too much to deal with at one time because then you may not see the arm that you want to see or the butt you want to see and your mind is all over the place. So focus on one thing. I want to have more energy. Going back to knowing your why, right? Or my core is stronger. Or I am losing weight. This is just some of the things you can focus on. But look at one thing at a time. Make it your own. Stop comparing yourself to someone who's been doing this for 10, 15 years. Don't come into the gym and tell me, I want to look like that guy or I want to look like that girl. Because you don't know how long they've been doing what they're doing or what they have been doing to get to, the, to, get to where they are. I mean, some have taken testosterone or even steroids, and I'm not knocking that. If somebody does, that's none of my business. But you don't know what they have done to get to where they are. So focus on yourself and make it your own goal. And something I always tell those who are new to the gym, sometimes it's easy to become intimidated because we say, oh, you know, I don't want people to look at me. And honestly, when we're working out, we're not paying attention to you. We're focusing on our own, on our own goal, our own journey. And usually if, if I'm talking to someone, I'm staying six feet apart, and it's usually somebody that I know and have a relationship with. Then make it a smart goal, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. Saying I want, to, I want to lose weight is not a smart goal. I want, I want two, three inches off my waist is not a smart goal. Let me give you an example of a smart goal. I want to lose two to three pounds a month for the next five months. Is it specific? Oh, definitely. Is it measurable? You can step on a scale or use an in-body machine. Is it achievable? For most of us, yes. Is it relevant? We are talking about weight loss and it's definitely time-based. And last but not least, just to finish out this part, play the long game. Fall in love with the journey. Take the scenic route 
and enjoy the ride. Part two, let's talk about our daily habits. Because I always ask this question in the beginning. If we work out for, let's say, an hour or two, and we have around 22 hours left in the day, which time slot do you believe has a larger impact on your health, fitness, and weight loss? The time you spend working out or the time you're not? And when you think about it, you already know the answer. What we do on a day-to-day basis really sets, up, sets us up for success. And I'm going to start right here and tell you, if, if you haven't read my article on how to get quality sleep, I'm going to put a uh, link to that in the show notes. Because if you're struggling to get quality sleep by reading and implementing these techniques, it can really transform you. In fact, it can help you to wake up feeling refreshed with a lot of energy and ready to take on the day. But here are some ways that getting quality sleep can really help you. Recovery. Your muscles mostly do most of its recovery work when you're sleeping. Of course, rest. And then that leads to strength. Because if you don't rest and recover well, you won't get as strong as you're supposed to. Rebalancing your hormones. Hormones play a huge part in your health, fitness, and weight loss. Let me give you a couple of examples. Cortisol, that gets such a bad rap, but it's a very important hormone because when you need that boost of energy, that's when cortisol does its best work. And it's hard to call on that when you're exhausted because you have not slept well. Insulin. Insulin is so important because it needs to handle your blood sugar and store glycogen as needed. And if you're type 1 or type 2 diabetic, you know the importance of insulin when it's working properly. So that's just a couple of hormones that I mentioned, and I haven't even gotten into neurotransmitters. So really getting quality sleep is always going to be at the top of the mountain. The next thing I want to discuss is walking and movement. Because let me tell you something. We sit around way too much. I've talked to so many people that have told me, you know, my job before was it was, I used to move a lot. I used to walk a lot. And I used to always lose weight. And it was so easy. But now I just can't seem to lose weight. You know, I have a desk job, but is it because I'm getting older? I'm like, are you serious? You just answered your own question. Get up and move. Why is it that we take the elevators everywhere? Or we get into our cars and we, when we go to park at the store, we try to find, we drive around trying to find the closest parking spot, which takes longer a lot of times, especially if you're in a busy area. So park further and take a few more steps. It's, it's, it's kind of insane to me because we are not designed as human beings to sit, on, sit at a desk all day and sit around a computer or lay in the couch and watch Netflix. And I'm not saying that I don't watch Netflix. I, there are shows that I binge on Netflix. When I binge, I binge. But I have a general rule. I don't sit down for more than 45 to 50 minutes at a time, even if that means getting up for five minutes and going for a, for a glass of water or whatever, or just something small, but just moving around for a few minutes. So here's how walking can really help you when it comes to weight loss. You need to take at least 10 to 15,000 steps a day. And here's the kicker. 
at least 5,000 before you eat any food. Let me say that again for those who are not listening. At least 10 to 15,000 steps a day and at least 5,000 before you eat any food. I've spoken to coworkers and colleagues who now call me the walking man because they're like, oh, you've set a walking challenge for me. But they realize the difference in this working. I've had clients who have started to move around more and start to lose weight because walking keeps your body in that fat burning mode. A body in motion stays in motion. And metabolism in motion stays in motion. It's really just that simple. So get up and move if you want to keep your body, transform your body into that fat burning machine. The next tip, stay hydrated. Now, there aren't a lot of studies that really tell you to drink water, you're going to lose weight. <laughs> no, that, that's not how it works. But staying hydrated it has many benefits for your body. It can help you with sleep. And we, all, we already talked about the importance of getting quality sleep. Because it's hard to sleep when you're dehydrated or your body is hot. So being hydrated can dr cool you down and drop your body temperature. It can help with rebalancing your hormones. It can help with your energy levels. It's, it can help with you properly digesting your food. You need to drink water. Stay hydrated. Now, I'm not going to tell you how many gallons to drink or ounces to drink per day. It all depends on the person. I simply like the pee test. Based on the color of my pee, I know whether or not I'm hydrated. Don't rely on the thirst test. Once you're thirsty, you're already behind the eight ball and you've been dehydrated. So the pee test is a better gauge for me. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing here. You can Google the, pee, the hydration pee test and it will, it will lay it out for you. It's very simple. The last part of this section I shall say the last section of this part, do not fall for fad diets. Let me say that again. Do not fall for fad diets. And that's tough because whenever I do an assessment, this never fails. Should I do keto or paleo, low carb, South Beach? What diet is best for me? And my answer is always the same. If you starting off the process thinking about what diet you need to be on to get your results, you need to change your mindset. Because it's not about being on a diet. It's about transforming your body into that fat-burning machine so you can burn fat when you're moving around or when you're doing your day-to-day -day activities. Even if you're like me and you're binge-watching Netflix, you can still burn fat at that time. And that's what putting these techniques together will get you there. And that's where having the proper nutrition will get you there. Now, in my next episode, I'm going to take a deeper dive into nutrition. But here, I just want to, I want to give you a start, a general overview. Do not eat too much fat. And yes, my paleo and keto friends are going to come after me now because, yeah, fat's not bad. We need to live on fat. We don't need carbs. Okay. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm not getting into that conversation for the sake of this episode. But if you're new to the journey, purposely eating too much fat can cause more problems than it actually solves, especially if you have underlying health issues. So at this point, you may want to focus on incidental fat.
the olive oil when you saute your spinach. You know, fat that would normally come as a part of your meal. Don't purposely seek it out. And I would even recommend, especially if you have underlying health issues, talk to a dietitian, a licensed nutritionist, or your primary care physician. Eat adequate protein. Protein is important for muscle building, strength, recovery, and it's a host of things. And as we all know, to transform your body into that fat-burning machine, you need adequate protein to help your body to build muscle because the more muscle you have, in theory, the more fat you can burn. Now, if you have kidney issues or any health issues that make it hard for you to metabolize protein, goes back to what I said. Talk to your primary care physician, your um, a licensed dietitian, or should I say a registered dietitian or a licensed nutritionist. And even before making any changes, any big changes to your health protocol, your nutrition protocol, you do want to talk to a professional. But generally, I would say about 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight is sufficient. And there are apps you can download like, you know, MyFitnessPal or on iPhone or Samsung Health that can help you to track your nutrition. And set up your macros. Keep your carbs low. Now, don't aim for zero carbs or just try to cut carbs out of your life because your body needs carbs. In fact, your body breaks down carbs very easily. It's your body's primary source of energy. So if someone ever tells you, no, you need to live on fat for the rest of your life, just turn around and walk away and just completely ignore them. Your body needs carbs. However, you don't want to make carbs a large part of your diet, especially if you're trying to lose weight. So you want to focus, yes, on getting more protein, eating some good sources of fat, and then have carbs in as well. And of course, your vegetables, right? So here's a tip that can help you. Eat slowly and mindfully. Eat when you're having a conversation, in a distracted mode, where you're actually engaging in something else while you're eating. Because you don't want to eat too fast, and I'm going to explain why. When you have your plate, you want to eat your fat, protein, and vegetables first. Wait about six to eight minutes, and then eat your carbs. Have you ever been to a restaurant, and as you're eating, you feel like, oh, I'm going to want dessert. But by the time dessert comes six, eight, ten minutes later, you're full and you have to take it to go. Because leptin, that neurotransmitter that sends the signal to your brain that you're full, has done its job. And it really takes it about anywhere between six to ten minutes for it to do so. So that's why it's important to eat slowly, because then your body will stop you when you're actually full. But when you eat too fast, by the time you realize that you're full, you've already eaten too much. So eat slowly and mindfully and give leptin the time to do its job. So that will help you to remain in a calorie deficit, which is very important when it comes to weight loss. Part 3. The Final Destination Working Out 
Now, I save this puppy for last because when it comes to weight loss, workout is like the least of all the factors that I mentioned. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's not important. It's definitely important. But working out is more like the snow on top of a mountain or the peak of a pyramid, what we tend to see and pay attention to. But that peak wouldn't be there without the foundation itself. Now soon, I will release an episode giving you more details of on what a complete training protocol can look like. But in, for the sake of this episode, I'm going to give you more of a high-level overview so you know how to begin. Let's start by talking about cardio. Because when it comes to weight loss, we often think we need to run a lot or you know, get our heart rates going, do high intensity, boot camp, right? We're going to burn that fat. And for a lot of us, especially for those who are beginning, that just sounds horrible. Let me tell you something. You don't have to cardio yourself to death to lose weight. Cardio is definitely important, but not for the reasons that we think. Having a proper cardio training protocol can really pick up your body's ability to burn fat. It can set you up to burn fat even as you're sitting sitting on the couch watching TV or doing your day-to-day activity. But this is how I tend to do cardio. Three to four days a week, and they're usually short sessions, about 10 to 15 minutes. Some can even do 15 to 30 if they need to. But I do like a walk-run, right? Or I would say a walk-sprint. And especially if you're talking about getting your... 15 or so 10 to 15,000 steps, a walk sprint is a good way to do that. You're basically knocking out two things at once. I've had clients that bike ride, and I usually recommend about 30 minutes of bike riding, but with a slow and then pick it up, a slow and a pick it up. Rowing on a rowing machine, same idea. Now, the reason why I don't say do cardio for an hour, an hour and a half, Because it's not about how many calories you burn when you're working out. It's about that epoch, what you burn post-workout. Excessive cardio can actually lead to your cortisol levels being too high for too long post-workout. And we now know that when your cortisol levels are too high for too long, it can lead to your body holding on to excess energy in the form of sugars, glycogen, and fat. I also recommend doing cardio earlier in the day and weightlifting later on in the day. Doing cardio earlier in the day, early in the morning, sets yourself up to start burning the rest of the day. So three to four days a week, short sessions, can really make a huge difference. Weightlifting. Generally, I say four to five days a week, it needs to be a balanced workout. Not just work on your large, but also work on your small muscle groups. You're going to have days that you go to maybe 10, even 15 reps on your sets, 
end days, you may, you know, be around a two to five rep range. Now, if you don't know what that looks like, you can hire a coach or hire a trainer. And again, if you're not comfortable walking into a gym, that's fine. You can hire a, a virtual coach that can, you can work with them on their platform and they can, they can help you to develop that program. If you don't want to hire a coach, you can go to Instagram or YouTube and look up different types of workouts and you can put together your own program. But weightlifting is vital because it's the main way that your body builds muscle. And as I said before, the more muscle you build, the more fat you burn. And ladies, I, I hear this all the time. I don't want to look like a man. You need to build muscle. And you're, most women are not built to look like men. And most women you see that are bodybuilders. They actually take extra testosterone or even steroids to look the way they do. But for most ladies, you want to have that nice, sleek muscle. Weightlifting will do that for you. Yoga. I practice yoga about four to five days a week for about 15, 20 minutes. And it's usually on my lunchtime. It is, it allows my body to recover better because the stretching aspect, releasing or relieving those tight muscles. But yoga is not just for stretching. You can also work on your small muscle groups. Because they're learning to control your own body does amazing things for you. And it takes a lot of small muscle groups to accomplish that. And when your small muscle groups are stronger, guess what? It helps to prevent injury. Because one of the reasons, I firmly believe that one of the reasons why men are injured more than women is because we don't like to work our small muscle groups. We want to have big biceps. A lot of us don't even like to work legs. And for years, I was, I was guilty of that. But taking time to work on those muscles you may not see, but are probably even more vital than your large muscle groups, will help you to lift longer, build muscle for longer, and starve off injury. So I just want to do a quick summary of this section. Cardio in the mornings, three to four days a week, small sessions, short sessions, weightlifting, four to five days a week, usually in the evening, balance protocol, and yoga. And that can be around four to five days a week as well. Short sessions, about 15 minutes. If you want to get the best results possible, you need to have a complete training arsenal. And again, I will release another episode soon, give you more information on this. But right here is a good start for you. It may sound overwhelming to some, but it's really not. Once you develop that routine, it will become easier and easier for you. And once you start to feel better, you will start to fall in love with the process. 
taking the scenic route and enjoying the ride. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, co-workers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.